Hello, our little Patreon creeps and freaks. Hello, Patreon creepies and freakies. I thought you were going to say something different. I was like, you have to say creepies and freakies. <laughs> I don't know how to start. <laughs> no, you, you said Patreon, so i got to put Patreon in there. Perfect. Well, you're here, so I assume that you know that you're listening to In the Nick of Crime. And I'm su- assuming you know my name is Courtney and that your name is Michelle. Yeah, maybe. I would hope so. And I think that you know that we're a true crime podcast. Okay. Yeah. And that we sometimes do spooks and sometimes laughs. And sometimes true crime. Sure. Kind of all in there. I guess you're here, so you realize that. And we love that you're here, so thanks, guys. We love you and we appreciate you. Foshizzy, my doozy. And we're going to get right into fucking business. We're going to. It is a Courtney episode for our Patreon bonus number three. I love the odds, man. Let's go. Yeah, you ended up with the odds on Patreon, too. I did. Interesting. And I like the evens. And I technically ended up with the odds on Laura, too, because I did episode one Mm. by myself. Interesting. I'm just an odd nut. (laughs) (laughs) Sneaky schnook. Sneaky schnook. Anyway, bitch, what you got for us? So, I decided that I was going to bring you uh, another true crime case this time. Sweet. Um... And it's another Palazan case. No surprises there. <laughs> I feel like I'm always like, see no evil. I'm Palazan too. I think I've had one that has been on Palazan. But yeah. Oh, I've like binge watched that series. So. Oh yeah, same. And it's so weird because like I'll find a case and then it's like a scene on with Palazan. And I'm yep. like, oh shit. Okay, I'm I have to say though, it. People Investigates kind of slaps with the cases that it covers. Like they're not as well known. And mm-hmm. I have like a lot that I've put in my stockpile from that show. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I like it. No tangents. No tangents. No tangents. We're not here for tangents. <laughs> um, so have you ever heard of the case for Amara Murray? Yeah, of course I have. Okay. This Mora. case. Mora. Well. Mara. So Mora. I say Mara because, I, um, and I'll talk about it at the end too, but her family, actually, her sister has a TikTok for her. Mm-hmm. And I listened to how she said it and she says it Mara. Oh, cool. Then so, yeah, her sister should definitely be right. I've only yeah. ever heard people count pronounce it's it as Mora, there's an, but there's a U, so it's yeah, M A U R A. Yeah, but I think that U is actually silent. Okay, um, and her sister would know better yeah. than anyone. Yeah, I wanted like that's why I specifically listened to it because I was like, oh, I gotta hear this. <laughs> um, so her name is Mara Murray, and she was born May fourth in nineteen eighty two in Broxton, Brockton, Massachusetts. Okay. Y'all on that East Coast got some whack-ass <laughs> names, y'all. I think that a lot. Like, their county names and, yeah, their towns. I know. I'm like, ooh, tongue-tied. <laughs> Those okay. settlers, man. Settlers. <laughs> um, she was actually the youngest daughter of Fred Murray, who was actually a medical technician. Mm-hmm. And then Lori Murray, which was, she was a nurse. Nice. Uh, so she's got two medically, like, let's go parents. Oh, yeah. Um, she grew up in Hanson. And it's a very small suburb of South Shore of Massachusetts Mm -hmm. with her siblings. Um, She had an older brother, Fred Jr. Her sisters were Kathleen uh, Kathleen and Julie. And her youngest brother's name was Curtis. Mm -hmm. Um, Sadly, I feel like a lot of these stories have divorced with parents. Um, Her parents divorced when she was six. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, Super young. Super duper young, divorcing wise. Mm -hmm. But, you know... It happens. Yeah. You just work through it. If it's for the best, it's for the best, man. Absolutely. 
And this didn't really deter her much. Mara sure. actually was an overachiever. She excelled both academically, she was um, in the National Honor Society, and then athletically. Nice. So at the same time, she was active in her local community where she would become known for her kind heart, her signature dimples, her beautiful smile. Yeah. Um, these are all things that people talk about her. Um, Love it. She also participated in nearly every sport, which, no surprise there. Welcome <laughs> to the club, girl. Like, right. Let's go. Um, she, was in, she also did AAU basketball, which is nice. basically club basketball. Yeah. People don't know. Yep. Um, which allowed her to travel all over New England. That's what you do. Yeah. And you are on yeah, club tournaments, teams. man. Oh, absolutely. Yep. I was all over the U.S. It's so yep. much fun. Um, she was described as a very fierce competitor, consistently finishing top tier in her runs um, in the state of Massachusetts. And she actually broke several long-standing school records. Nice. So she was selected as a Boston Globe All-Scholastic in cross-country. And she qualified for the U.S. National Scholastic Outdoor Championship in the two mile as a sophomore in Damn, 1998. That's so awesome. She finished 33rd in the country, bro. Holy shit, girl. Like, that's so awesome. Bitch. That's so awesome. I know. Like, I got chills. I was like talking about it. <laughs> um, she graduated at top of her class in high school. She had her pick of colleges. Um, yeah, hell both yeah. She academically did. and athletically. Like, this girl was set. Yeah. However, she decided to uh, accept a congressional nomination from the now late Senator Edward Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And she joined her sister Julie at the prestigious United States Military Academy at West Point. Yep. Damn, girl. Like, they were, her parents must be so freaking proud. Seriously. Because literally two girls. She could have ridden the wave of her, oh. of her scholastic acumen, of her talent as an athlete. Easily. But to choose that is amazing. Oh, absolutely. And the yeah. fact that two kids yeah. in our family and two females. Right. And West Point's hard to get West into. West Point is hard. Yeah. They hard. Don't they both, that's insane. Yeah, like, that's I, amazing. I keep getting chills And the fact that it. both of the, their parents are both in the medical field, so it's oh, not absolutely. even like they came from a military, you know, mm-hmm. background with their parents or anything. That's nah. so impressive. They just want to be badasses. Yeah, they're bad, know, bitches. bad bitches. I love it. So Mara actually continued to excel in the regular in the rigorous military and academic program at West Point, and she established herself as a force on their cross country and track teams, Hell yeah, which she I did. love. <laughs> um, but during her second year at West Point, she actually decided that the military really wasn't for her. That's okay, and it happens. Yeah, like that's a big decision to make. Oh, absolutely. And if your heart and your mind isn't in it, that's not the place absolutely to not. just be complacent. Agreed. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. No, you're serving the country, man. You gotta Absolutely. be in it. So, she decided that she was gonna transfer. She transferred to the University of Massachusetts in Amherst. Nice. Where she decided to pursue a career in nursing. Nice. She followed mommy. See? Full circle moment. Love I love it. it. That's so wholesome. I know. So nice, right? Um. So, on the morning of February 9th, 2004, so this is... I consider the 2000s pretty recent. Yeah. Um, she submitted her nursing homework electronically. Mm-hmm. And supposedly, I guess she emailed her professor stating that she had a death in the family and that she would be leaving campus for a week. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is, is that there was no death in the family. Right. So that was the first, like... Red flag. Red flag yeah. of something's not right. 
Um, she placed a call to the owner of a condominium in Barlett, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. which is a place that was very special to Mara and that she had spent a lot of time in her past right. at. And so she packed her bag with toiletries, makeup, workout attire, school books, and several days worth of clothes. Right. At 3.15 p.m., Mara stopped at an off-campus ATM and withdrew $280, which was nearly all of the money that she had in her account. And she then stopped at a liquor store and purchased about $40 worth of alcohol. Right. According to the authorities, she departed Amherst slash Hadley. I'm going to stop you real quick. Did you know that there are, like, updates on this case today? Like, literally there wasn't a few hours literally, ago. I was going to say, there wasn't anything yesterday. Literally a few hours ago. Are you fucking yes. serious? There's a thing, because I was trying to look, I was trying to remember what she looked like, so I searched it. And five hours ago, there's a thing that says investigators conducting ground search off of Route 112 in connection with Mara Murray's disappearance. Oh, I just got the biggest right? fucking chills, what dude. What the fuck? <laughs> what is with me in picking these cases, I know. bro? That's how I felt with the McStay case. Too. Like, I was going to wait to cover it, and then I felt like I was being called to do it, and then this is weird. Do they have anything about what they found or anything? I don't know. There's another one. They have an investigation going on. There's another one from seven hours ago that says New Hampshire AG announces new search and cold case disappearance of Massachusetts college student. Let me see what it says. New Hampshire investigators announced a large scale search along a mountainous stretch of road. In the cold case search for Maura Murray, a Massachusetts nursing student who went missing after a single car crash on a snowy night in 2004, Attorney General John Fermea announced the effort Wednesday morning after informing her family. Um, Dude, something had to be said. There's no way they would Seriously. just randomly start this that investigation. That's why I interrupted you because I was like, did no, you go for it. This? State police and fish and game officials, water are assisting the search focused on a portion of land off of Route 112 in the towns of Landiff and Easton, Fermea's office said in a statement. The crash happened further down Route 12 in Haverville, New Hampshire, at around 7.30 p.m. on February 9, 2004. Authorities said the renewed search was, quote, not the result of new information in the case, unquote, but part of an effort to revisit previously searched areas more thoroughly. What the fuck? That makes it even weirder. Yeah, because that makes it sound like they're not telling us something. Well, no, but I'm saying, like, the fact that this was literally just random. Yeah, and it was today. I literally put this together yesterday. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I can't compute. (laughs) Uh, I I think I'm speechless, dude. This is so weird. Okay, universe, I get it. (laughs) Seriously, that's so good. You're just going to smack me with all the fucking feels today, aren't you? You fucker. What in the fuck is happening? Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll put that at the end. Yeah, I'm not going to. Absolutely. I was so weirded out. That creeped me out. I don't yeah. know what to do. <sighs> okay. Sorry. No, you're good. I'm sorry to get you off kilter. I just no, like, I I'm have just to like ask. mind boggled right now at yeah. that. Wow, that's so crazy. That's awesome though. I'm pumped. Like, find something. <laughs> that's fucking nuts. <sighs> like, crazy. I haven't heard anything about this case in a very long time. It's, it's an older weird. case. It's no, I know, but, like, no updates or anything in no. a long time, so, like, what the fuck I are the odds? I even yesterday trying to find an update, and yeah. there wasn't fucking shit. Yeah. So, what are oh the my odds? Oh, God, that's so crazy. Dude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <sighs> okay. Okay, I think I'm good. Are you good? Just, I don't know. There's some juju. <laughs> Dude, this is just creeping okay. me out. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. We got this. Okay. 
Okay. So, according to authorities, she departed Amherst Hadley, Massachusetts area, around 4.30 p.m., mm-hmm. and she drove her 1996 Saturn north towards New Hampshire. She didn't tell anyone of her plans. She didn't tell anyone why she was headed to New Hampshire on that Monday afternoon. Mm-hmm. She just did it. Yep. So, at about 7.27 p.m., uh, Faith Westman, who's a resident of... Haver Hill, New Hampshire, called the police. I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> I'm like putting, I'm doing like this, the what, sign, the like sign the, for like the phone to your head. With your pinky talking. and your thumb talking, <laughs> your thumb and your ear hole, your pinky and your mouth hole. <laughs> oh my God. Courtney, focus. God. I think I'm just like. It's a lot Mind today. fucked on that. Yeah. And it's late, so it's like, yeah. it's just a perfect storm. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll knock this out pretty quickly. I'm almost actually good. done. Um, so, she stated that there had been an accident near her home and that a car was stuck in a ditch. hmm Shortly after that, a bus driver by the name of Butch Atwood, which, that's a dope-ass name, Butch <laughs> Atwood. Badass bitch. Love it. <laughs> um, drove by and actually spoke to Mara. Mm. And he offered to help her. He asked if she needed him to call the police. Um, she declined both offers and said she already had AAA. Okay. Um, knowing that there was no reception in the area, right. Atwood drove home, which was about 100 yards east of the accident, parked his bus, and then went inside and called 911. Good. Yep. He called 911. Good Samaritan. I know, right? Awesome. Badass. He called 911 and the call was placed at 7.42 p.m. And when he was, uh, when asked if she appeared injured, Atwood told the police she appeared shaken up and that the airbags had actually deployed, but Mm. he didn't see any blood. Right. Which is very strange because, uh, if you guys don't know, airbags will fuck you up. Yeah, they will. Like, most times out of ten... You end up with a broken nose from yeah. the airbag. So the yeah. fact that she or had... Or whiplash, too. Or, well, whiplash. And a lot of people get uh, burns on their yeah. chest. So, like, these lovely necklaces that I wear, people mm-hmm. tend to get, like, the metal burnt into yeah. their skin because of how hot they are, yep. too. So the fact that there's no blood m- blows my mind on yeah. that one. But it does happen. Just yeah. Saying. So then by the time that the officers actually arrived, um, they arrived at the scene at... 7.46 p.m., which okay. is, I mean, this is a very short yeah. timeline. I mean, yeah. what, the first, he so like he saw her at 4.27, yeah. or 7.27, he placed the call at 7.42, and the cops got there at 7.46. Holy shit, yeah, that was So it was fast. not fast. So literally, six, two, three, four, five, six, four, four minutes? Yeah. Within four minutes. Yeah, that's crazy. She's gone. Holy shit. Four minutes, yo. Right. That's mind-boggling to me and to be like that far gone just like just vanished so the officers noted that the car had been locked and that there was a box of red wine behind the driver's seat as well Mm -hmm. as stains on the ceiling and the door and a coke bottle that appeared to have a red liquid in it Mm. so it kind of sounds like she was maybe doing the whole drinking sipping on wine while she was doing her thing right because you can't have an open container of alcohol, but if it's in a Coke can, yeah. You can kind of sneak it. Yikes. So, but it's still not totally proven. Yeah. Speculation. Speculation. 
So he also noted that there appeared to be a rag stuffed in Mara's tailpipe, which later it was learned that this was something that Fred, her dad, had advised her to do in order to avoid being ticketed by police for excessive smoke coming out of her tailpipe. Now, again, remember, this is like, what, this is in the 80s? No, it's 2004. No, 80s. This are. She what disappeared in 2004. Oh. You're getting your other case mixed sorry. up, girl. Yep, sorry. <laughs> she was born in the 80s. My yeah. <laughs> um, so even in 2004, I mean, if she has an older car like that, I yeah. have heard that is actually one of the ways to, like, avoid having yeah. that happen. Can't that give you, like, carbon monoxide poisoning? I think car? if you completely block it, but because it's yeah. a fabric and it can go through the fabric, okay. I think you're... Not quite as high of a chance of having it happen. Right. I'm not really sure. Okay. So, the officer then asked Butch, the bus driver, you know, for assistance in locating Mara and Mm -hmm. suggested that they drive west, excuse me as I burp, (laughs) of the accident scene and search some of the roads in that, like, French pond area that's sitting Mm -hmm. right there. Yeah. Um, And so, a state trooper... Also responded to the scene and was also searching the roads west of the accident. Fire and EMS show up. They respond to the mis- to the scene. EMS is immediately dismissed because there's nobody there for them to perform anything right. yeah. on. Yeah. Um, and so eight firefighters briefly search um, in the accident area before proceeding again west mm-hmm. and returning to the fire station. So notice notice something here is that everybody searched west. Right. And as far as anyone's aware, nobody searched east. What the fuck? Which is kind of weird. Yeah, you would want to cover all possible ground. Absolutely. So I'm not really sure about that. Yeah. Suspicious. Suspicious. Um, the bus driver, his brief interaction with Mara was the last known sighting of her. And since that time, there has been no trace of her, no activity on her cell phone, no activity on her bank accounts. She's literally poof, gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, a little bit of background that's caused a lot of speculation in this case and had a lot of issues is, um, so, on the surface, Mara's life seemed really ideal. Yeah. She was a promising student with the University of Massachusetts Amherst. She was produ- uh, pursuing a, a nursing degree um, she came from a very loving home, a family that shared a strong relationship with uh, her boyfriend, who she had actually mm-hmm. had for a few years. Um, yet, it wasn't all that it seemed. Right. So, in November of 2003, around three months before her disappearance, Mara was actually caught fraudulently using credit card numbers <sighs> that were not hers. Oh, no. Um, the young woman had to have been pretty desperate, people think, because right. she used cards to only order pizza. Charges less than 80 bucks. Right, yeah. Um, and then on February 7th in 2004, so two days before her disappearance, Mara's father, Fred, actually arrived in Amherst, Massachusetts for a visit. Mm-hmm. And apparently Mara had borrowed her father's car to go to a party around 3.30 in the morning, which... I don't know about you, but if I was a parent, I'd say, fuck it, go to bed. Right, <laughs> yeah, <just> exactly. <laughs> um, but while driving back to Fred, uh, back to where Fred was at, uh, he was at the Quality Inn, mm-hmm. she hit a guardrail on Route 9. Ooh. And the police responded to the scene, but they didn't perform a sobriety test. 
Which is interesting. Yeah, that time of night and her hitting a guardrail. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so Mara may have believed that these encounters in the law would, like, tarnish her professional career yeah. and her, like, record. Uh-huh pretty much threatening her dreams of ever becoming a nurse. So a lot of sleuths on the internet, like, point out that this could be a motive as to why Mara was going to disappear of her own volition. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so these theories, they, they seem pretty extreme. Yeah. Um, Fred Murray does not buy it. Like, mm-hmm. he is adamant that, you know, it, this is not the case. Right. Um, since there was no ticket cited at the scene of the crash... Um, there would actually, he thinks there's no reason why Mara would believe that was like the end line of everything. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I get that, but the police hadn't even got there to yeah, ticket her in the first exactly. place. Like she left before they could even get there and the way she left and yeah, it just had this weird, yeah. like go to something for was a going whole on. Week. Yeah. yeah. Something was super happening. weird. So Mara's family, especially Fred, her dad, they view the police's investigation as substandard. Yeah. Um, they point to the slow response. Mm-hmm. They said there's a failure to thoroughly investigate, which I'm not disagreeing with that either. They right. only searched west. They didn't search east. Um, and they feel like they they pre- they're the reason why Mara's fate remains a mystery. Yeah. And the police, meanwhile, have actually criticized Fred and his involvement in the investigation. And actually, in a 2014 article in the Boston Magazine, um, Jeff Streslin, I think is how you... Streslin? I don't know. I think that's how you say it. He (laughs) cites that the chief of homicide um, for the unit in New Hampshire's attorney general's office Mm -hmm. and the lead prosecutor in the Murray investigation all said that Fred Murray was a difficult person to deal with from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And they went on to describe that he actually has a lot of anger towards the police. And it's very un... I mean, it's understandable, but also misplaced. Yeah. Right. Um, so I guess it's been a big conflict between her dad and the police mm-hmm. from day one on this investigation. Yeah. And um, as relations between Mara's family and the police are sourced, rumors of infidelity and secret lives start surfacing among the armchair detectives out there mm-hmm. and our internet sleuths um, who are all intent on, like, cracking this case. Yeah, because the internet sleuths love a cold case, oh, they man. they love them cold cases, Yeah, they girl. do. Um, so James Rainier, he's the author of True Crime Addict, How I Lost Myself in the Mysterious Disappearance of Mara Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, he claimed to have evidence that Mara and her boyfriend were actually cheating on one another. I've heard this theory. I know. Yeah. And others believe that Mara may have been pregnant, bulimic, or both, and fled to escape the judgment of her loved ones. Theories then split to whether she simply just got lost and perished somewhere in the woods, if she purposely disappeared and began a new life, Yeah. or if someone snatched her right off of Route 112. Yeah. So, despite all of these um, obsessive searching for the truths out there that we've got, um, there's been no definitive breaks in the case. Nonetheless, like, something changed in Mara after the crash that night. Yeah. And, like I was telling you earlier, her sister actually has a TikTok that she explains Mara's story on. Um, 
and she just wants it so people will view it. It raises awareness for her disappearance, and yep. it's and the her TikTok at is at Murray Murray Missing. Mm-hmm. And as you just so crazily pointed out, <laughs> um, I didn't even know that there's actually an update on this case today. Yeah. I was going as Courtney was talking. Um, I was going to look up a picture of her so I could remember what she looked like. And literally, it said as of five hours ago. So we're recording this episode on July 13th, 2022. And it's, there was like stories from like five and seven hours ago saying that they're researching the area where her car was left. And they said, they claim there's no new evidence, but they're just reinvestigating areas. Which I want to know Because they know why. they did a shit job the first time. Or like... Or did they get something right. that's got their... Right. Me thinks that either someone snatched her, bus driver dude, um, <laughs> seems convenient, I'm just saying, um, or she left of her own volition because she wasn't, she felt pressured to live up to what she was. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because the way that she disappeared, but I remember reading things that were saying like she was like shivering, like she was... I think some, I think there's even an account that the guy said that she was like wet, like her hat was wet or something like that. Mm -hmm. And she was very cold, but. Which I, again, find it very strange that she's saying no, but again, I don't because being a woman, being by yourself, being out there having a man stopping. And she was intoxicated. Yeah. Like she could have been like shwasted. Yeah. Driving too. And what if she walked off to avoid police and got hurt and. Because it, it sounds like, because they said, like, game fish and game for the region mm-hmm. is also searching, which would lead me to leave, like, water. water. <laughs> yeah. Or just wildlife in general. Like, what if she went to go avoid police, got hurt, and then she just... Well, and like we said, it was yeah. a snowy day, so... Yeah. I mean, us being from Colorado, I totally know all about that. But, like, you step wrong on snow that has a hill anywhere. Oh, yeah. Bye! Yeah. <laughs> like, you going down. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> Which, bust your ass. Oh, I busted my ass so many times. Well, in winter and, well, it's like almost springtime in New England. Get, nope. They got that heavy, yeah. heavy snow yeah. out there in that time. Yeah, exactly. We usually only get one of those and yeah. that's our last snow of the season, but. Yeah. So what do you think happened? I think she was intoxicated. Mm-hmm. I think she was scared that she was going to get in trouble and yep. I think... And I don't blame her. I mean, shit, if I had been in college and had that happen, I would have yeah. probably thought the same exact thing. And she, I think. When she, she was literally like the golden child her entire exactly. life. And then it seemed like she was teetering and yeah. having some issues. Yeah. And which, I mean, at that just, age is normal. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, I brought up those points about like she didn't have this picture perfect life. Like, yeah. not to take away from all the things that she did and the amazing things that no. she was capable of. But to just explain, like, she's human. Yeah. And I think the fact of her father, like, just knowing his anger level towards police. Yeah. I personally feel like that would be a lot of stress on someone. Having a father who is, you know, more susceptible to anger and, like, clear, ouch, clearly, (laughs) like, God, I hurt myself all the time. (laughs) Clearly at this point, you know... I think she was just under so much pressure yep. and she started to walk away thinking I'll just walk to the nearest place yep. and sober up by then. Cause I mean, I don't know if you've done this, but I sure should have, I've been intoxicated as fuck. And then 
I walk outside in the snow and I'm like, oh, sober. Yep. Keep walking. Sober yep. yourself up. Like, yep. Yep. You know, and so yeah. I almost wonder if she was just trying to sober up and maybe slipped, fell, yeah. and landed somewhere that they just didn't see. Right. Right. Do you know if they investigated the bus driver? I can't recall at all. I don't remember them saying come on. anything. I come mean, it's on. a good point. I mean, you brought come up a good point. Come on. You brought up a good point. He's the last yeah. person to see her, and he's like, I just drove home. And I called 911, she's gone. Yeah, and they did ask Excuse him to help me. investigate, which is even weirder. Yeah. Especially in the 2000s. Like, right. Why are you asking a bystander right. to help? Like, I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but... Fishy. Fishy. It's my opinion. I don't trust bitches. But I also did call him a good Samaritan. And if he was a good Samaritan and just genuinely was, cool. But I'm just saying, roll it out. Roll out. Yep. Roll out, Autobots. <laughs> well, that was a great case. That case is fascinating and it yes. drives me fucking crazy. It's crazy when people just... Seriously. Gone. And in such a short period of time. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying either I think that she was snatched, which the bus driver would make most sense and be the most opportune... Or she was trying to dip out. Mm -hmm. And either she got hurt or she actually got away. But how in the fuck? But see, them not searching all of the perimeter, like, that fucked them up. Mm -hmm. There you go. I honestly don't think anybody snatched her off 112 just because of the four minute time limit. Well, yeah, that and like, (laughs) no, that lady was watching though. She could see her car. So I'm curious to think think if she saw something but mm. didn't realize it like you know how like yeah. sometimes you see stuff happen but don't realize like you're in the moment and like, yeah your brain blocks it oh shit like yeah. i just witnessed somebody get snatched off the side of the road right like, yeah when she could have walked somewhere else and been taken true out of eyesight absolutely who fucking who knows? knows? I mean, there's really multiple options yeah. of what could have happened. But I hope mm-hmm. that with their research and going to reinvestigate that yeah. maybe they come up with something. Right. Find something. Yeah. And I imagine they have to still have her car in evidence. Oh, they, I hope they don't they ever do they, they don't impound in, it. They only impound them. They don't actually crush them or get rid of them unless okay, the case good. is solved. Yeah. And they know I think they keep the evidence for I want to say 10 maybe 20 years following the case in case of appeals. It's almost 20 years. After, oh, you mean like after conviction or something? Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. But if they have cold cases, they they it's now protocol yeah. to not get rid of stuff, but... Wasn't in the day. The early days? Yeah. Was almost questionable. Yeah. They got rid of shit all willy-nilly all the time. Facts. Well, that was an awesome little nugget case. I love it. Woo-woo. That's a great case, and I really hope that she... I hope she's found. Yeah. Whether it's Especially safe and sound okay. and starting over. Yeah, but like, something her family needs some closure, man. Holy shit. I know, that's rough. Yeah. But I feel like if she had left of her own volition and had just started over, I feel like she would have reached out to her family by now. I mean, Unless not if she, she really... was just trying to go. Yeah. If she wanted nothing to do with that life anymore. Yeah. Damn. But not even her sister. I know. Shit. Crazy, right? And I feel like there would have been eyewitness sightings because she's pretty. Well, and now she's a very pretty girl. Her dimples and yeah. And now with social media, like I'm sure if she was still alive, she would see her sister's TikToks and stuff like that. And like the one of my biggest sites 
that I source for this is her actual family's page for her. Right. And so they've got a running page. Like, yes, it's not... I just had it pulled up on here. Mara Murray. Mara Murray. Sorry. Missing.org. It's yeah. M-A-U-R-A-M-U-R-R-A-Y. Missing. M-I-S-S-I-N-G. Dot org. Yep. And it's a really good source. Um, they're very vague on what happened, which I don't blame them because, like I said, there's a lot of questions as to what was going on in her life at the right. time and stuff. So they really just put the main details in there. But on there, if you go, I think it's the about page is her sister's TikTok. She's actually okay. got them all on there. Nice. So you don't have to go search it on TikTok if you don't want to. Good. Um, and you can watch them all in order. Good. Good, good, good. There's also something that I just saw on here that says, when you search her name, it says, who is 112 Dirtbag? It says, Jeffrey Alden Olson, better known online as 112 Dirtbag, was a user that was speculated to be the person responsible for the disappearance of Mar- Mara Murray that occurred in 2004. Everyone never heard of I've that I've never heard of that. I didn't even see that when I was yeah. looking. And that's weird because she disappeared on Route 112. That's kind of creepy. That is super creepy. Ew. I don't know. But yeah, if we get other updates on this, I mean, I hope something comes of this renewed search since they've got a bug up their butt some for some reason. And we'll update y'all if... If we find something. Yeah, if there's anything new that comes about. Hopefully. Man. Shit. These unsolved ones get me, man. Right? <laughs> I had to give you a solved and an unsolved yeah. in one night. It's all right. Well... Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. For being our little Patreon babies and And supporting uh, us. Yeah, we truly do appreciate it, y'all. So much. So much. So So we hope you're enjoying this bonus content. Again, let us know if there's anything else you'd like to see or hear on Patreon since you are literally supporting us, you know, in multiple senses. We would appreciate it. If you want to hear any of your own cases that you would like I don't know why I worded it like that. If you'd like to send us <laughs> any of your own case suggestions that you'd like to hear us cover, you can send those. You can either message us on Patreon or you can send us an email at in the nick of crime podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram whenever we get new Patronies. Maybe Patroni Bronies. Ooh, good one. <laughs> um, I'm very tired, so my <clears throat> like words are coming faster than my brain is functioning. Um, but you can find us on Instagram at Nick of Crime Podcast. You can also find us on TikTok at In the Nick of Crime Podcast. And then you're all obviously here. You're on Absolutely. Patreon, so you know we're here. Keep it creepy. Stay freaky. And we will see you next Tuesday and the Thursday after that. Bye. Bye. Bye.